Let's go to a voice note. Good morning, SAFM listeners. My name is Ariel Berger, and I'm part of the 2023 matriculant cohort from Red Hill School in Morningside. I cannot explain the weight that has just been lifted off my shoulders when I finished matric. I've accepted a place to study medicine at Fitz, and I could not be more excited. But with that, I know that the stress of the 2024 cohort is experiencing. I'd like to encourage every 2024 matric to step back and take a breath, to realize that it's actually not that stressful if you can figure out what's right for you and what's wrong for you. You do not need to follow your peers. Copying does not make you a good matric. Find what rhythm works for you and set your own pace. And with that, you can do everything that you want to do. Thank you. So on the line, we've got Joseph Garassi, Executive Head at Red Hill School. Uh, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us. My absolute pleasure, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. Joseph, there's, of course, uh, a lot of conversation that always comes up at this time of the year. Everybody goes, uh, how many matriculants do we have? How many passes did we get? How many um, bachelor's degree passes did we get? What subject distinctions did we get? All of that uh, comes into the conversation. And yet uh, I sometimes feel that perhaps the conversation needs to include those young people who maybe haven't gone that route, who maybe haven't uh, got a bachelor's degree pass. Maybe they haven't even passed at all. How do you work with that? Because that is, of course, more, even more critical than those that do pass with distinctions and degree passes, etc., Yes, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, we, we all, as heads, we're all very excited, probably more relieved when we uh, get to the end of, of, of the year and we do see the outstanding results because there's a lot of pressure on everyone. Um, so it's quite incredible because you can see also the role of the media. Everybody's trying to get as many of the matric students into the newspaper, on the radios, and it's a great time for celebration. But at the same time, it really does put a, a lot of pressure on those who did not quite get the results that they wanted to get because they're in an environment where, you know, those that have got all the distinctions are being celebrated and they're kind of being pushed to the side. And it is, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing for them to do. Um, my, my advice to students like that is there's always another way. Um, once you've kind of got yourself up, dusted yourself off, um, look for other opportunities. There are opportunities to rewrite and often when you need to rewrite, you don't have to rewrite your entire metric. You can rewrite one or two subjects that if you pass those one or two subjects, you can get your metric or get your bachelor's pass. And you're only going to have to concentrate on one or two subjects. So I would I would say that it's, it's never the end of the line. Also, if you haven't got into university or the university you wanted to get into or the course you wanted to get into, do a different course. Go to a college. Do something else. Do really, really well in your first year because often students that don't do that well um, at, in matric go on to college or go into um, you know an ordinary course and do exceptionally well, and then they can transfer to the course that they really had their heart set on. So there are very different ways, and I would suggest that students go back to their schools, um, chat to their career counselors, chat to their heads, their principals, or someone that they really trust and say, how, how do I find another way around this? There always is a way if the student really, really wants to do it. Joseph, uh, one of the things we were talking to earlier, um, uh, an education activist, and he was talking about the fact that as we move forward in the world, we really need to be aware of the fact that um, 
school school systems need to change, education systems need to change, curriculums need to change, and they need to change rapidly as we sit in an incredibly rapidly changing world. We're no longer complicated, just complex in so many different ways. How how are you guys thinking about that at your school? Okay, so luckily at Radio we've been on that on that wavelength for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've done a, a lot of things within our school that are incredibly innovative. Um, one of the things that we did when I first became head um, about uh, eight years ago is part of my philosophy in education is that if you get rid of anxiety mm-hmm. and you get rid of any kind of fear of education, the students will do really, really well. So right up until grade nine, we don't have exams, we don't have um, interview testing, we don't have prize givings, and we don't do homework. Hmm. So we take all of that stress out of the student. You see, at the end of the day, if you take any child, all children want to learn. It's part of our DNA. Yeah. From the moment that we are born, we're looking to learn because that's how we survive, right? If we go all the way back to caveman, that's how we survived. We had to try things, we had to try different things. Now, what unfortunately happens in the education system is you're put into a particular box and a particular way of doing things, and you're never really given the opportunity to try different things because I've got, you've got to do it the way the teacher says because there's an exam at the end of this and your results are going to be going home to your parents. I would really, really urge that the first thing to do is to stop putting the kind of stress that schools put onto um, students um, and rather take that stress away by taking away external exams, internal exams, assessments, homework, all the things that make uh, education um, something that they do not enjoy. The other thing that really is important for educators to understand or for schools to understand is that the way the brain works, when you're in a place of safety and when you're enjoying yourself, you are far more receptive to learning. So make the environment an environment where children um, enjoy their learning um, and feel safe in their learning and will get much better results. So that's one of the things that we've done. Um, the other thing was very interesting listening to Thomas around the whole idea of languages. I think when you're in South Africa, one of the big mistakes I think that our government has made is not to make it compulsory for all students to learn a black African language. Yeah, I agree. You could hear very much from Thomas. He's going into an environment where English is a dominant language, and that makes it very, very difficult. I really believe that one of the ways to nation building, and this goes beyond the idea of just cognitive development, is to make sure that our children are bilingual. But bilingual in, obviously, English, because it is the the main language of instruction um, in most schools, but also in a black African language. Because to a large extent, that makes, puts people on an equal footing. And we've seen we have a bilingual program um, in our early learning center. We have two teachers. One speaks in Isizulu, one speaks in English. And when they get into grade two, students have a choice to go into a fully bilingual program where maths and science are taught in English and in Isizulu. Children Excellent. learn to share. They learn to understand each other. They learn that they are equal in terms of their language. And we found that that has been absolutely incredible. So it's, it's about looking at what's happening overseas in the top schools there and trying to learn from that and do your research properly. And then I think you've got to, you know, you, you, you can do those kind of things. Absolutely brilliant. We love it. Uh, that is Joseph Garassi, executive head at Red Hill School, already starting to think about uh, ways that we can rethink education. We're going to go to a quick voice note. And then from there, we're going to go to one of your big fat juicies. Hi, my name is Serena Gerard Getzup, and I just graduated from the International Baccalaureate Program at Redhill School. My matric experience definitely had a lot of ups and downs, 
but I'm ultimately really happy with the results that I achieved at the end. Throughout matric, I've truly had to learn how to balance hard work and play, how to plan ahead, and how to really um, gain support from those around me when things became very difficult. I really don't think I could have achieved what I did without the support from my teachers, from my peers, and from my family throughout this complex and challenging journey. I would say my tip for the 2024 matrix is to truly balance work and play and to plan ahead. To do the best that you can, it's very important to work consistently from the beginning because that also gives you some leeway when you may face challenges and obstacles that you truly had not anticipated. Um, I would also say, don't be afraid to ask for help and ask for support. Matric is a very challenging time for everyone. And so the people around you will understand that and support you when things get difficult. It's not something that you want to go through alone. And I don't think that it's easy to go through alone. So I think truly to do the best that you can, it's important to lean on the people around you when you need them. Um, What's next for me is that I would like to study biomedical engineering in university. Um, I'm likely going overseas to the UK or Canada. Um, however, the decisions for university have not been released yet and I'll definitely know where I'm going in the next few months.